الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإن الشرح and the explanation of the kitab المنظومة البيقونية in the science of hadith the author, Rahimahullah, he says, The author, Rahimahullah, last lesson we spoke about Al-Hasan. And we talk that Hasan is the hadith which is connected. The hadith which is Hasan is The chain of narration is connected, number one. Sorry, its chain of narration is connected. The narrators, they have integrity. There is no issue of adil, integrity. Lacking there's an issue, one issue. The third, which is The narrator's precision is not 100%. It is not 100%. مِنْ غَيْرِ شُذُوذٍ وَلَا عِلَّةٍ The hadith doesn't have any opposition and it has no hidden defect. Meaning it's like the sahih, the only difference is the issue of precision. حفظ. This narrator's hifd is not like the hifd of the sahih. The narrators of the sahih, their memory high the hadith which is Hassan a narrator or two his memorization is low so what we say is the hadith which is Hassan is it's the hadith which is chain of narration is connected from a reliable narrator to number three the memorization is a bit low from someone like him or even higher than him no problem with no opposition and there is no hidden defect an example for the hadith which is Hassan is أكثر من شهادتي لا إله إلا الله قبل أن يحال بينكم وبينها ولقنوا موتاكم. This hadith is narrated by Abu Ya'la and Al-Khatib al-Baghdadi and Al-Hamza al-Kinani رحمه الله on the authority of Abu Huraira that the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he said increase أكثر increase Increase in saying La ilaha illallah. Increase in it. Before there's a, a barrier is placed between you and it. Increase in saying La ilaha illallah. Before there is a barrier placed between you and what? La ilaha illallah. Because there's going to come a day where in the last moments of your life, you have to say the shahada before you die in order to enter Jannah. Or it's a sign, more like. 
of a person being from the people of Jannah by saying La ilaha illallah before he dies. So, you say La ilaha illallah a lot. So when that time comes, the first thing that happens is that you just say La ilaha illallah. And the hadith goes on to say, And the ones who are about to die, they're in their last moments, say in their presence, La ilaha illallah, so that they can say it after you. So someone's on his deathbed, he's about to pass away, you say in his presence, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, you, you say it loud. And so he hears it, and he says it as well. This hadith is not sahih. This hadith is what? It's Hassan. It's Hassan. This hadith is Hassan. Because in the chain is a man by the name of Dimam ibn Ismail. Dimam ibn, Dimam ibn Ismail is in the chain. He's a man whose memorization is a little bit low. You see? He hasn't got the hifz and the memory of the people whose hadith is sahih. So the hadith is what? Hassan. Because of this narrator, Dimam ibn Ismail. Does everyone understand? We've now... Let's take some of the scholars, what they said about the Imam ibn Ismail. Hafid al-Dhahabi, Imam al-Dhahabi said about him, Salih al-Hadith layyanahu ba'adhum bila hujjah. His hadith is Salih, meaning he's Hassan. Layyanahu ba'adhum. Some of the scholars, they criticized him bila hujjah with no proof. They went overboard by criticizing him even more, but they have no proof. All they have a proof for is his memory is not 100%. His hifz. Abu Zur'at al-Iraqi, the son of Hafid al-Iraqi, Zainuddin al-Iraqi's son. He has a dail on the kashif by Dhahabi. He said, Rahimahullah, an al-Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, qawlahu, an imam Ahmad said about this man, al-Imam ibn Ismail Ahmad said, Salih al-Hadith. Salih al-Hadith means what? Salih al-Hadith means, when the Aimma say that, they mean Hassan al-Hadith. His hadith is Hassan. It's good. It's not very good, but it's good. Al-Imam al-Nasai said about him, there's no problem with him. No problem. He's not very good. And he's not a problem. No problem. He's in the middle. Al Imam ibn Hajar he said, Suduq, he's truthful. Suduq is a representation of his adala. So he has no problem with his adala. We, have, we don't have an issue with his adala. He's got adil. Lakin warubbama akhta'ah. But there's a chance that he makes a mistake. He might make a mistake. So the hadith of Imam ibn Ismail, His hadith cannot go below Hassan. Okay? Now we're going to move on to Da'if. A second category of hadith. We've taken Sahih, alhamdulillah. We've also taken what? Hassan. Now we're going to take what? Da'if. Hadith which is da'if huwa al-hadith alladhi lam yajma' sifat al-hasan bi faqd shart min shurutihi Which one was lower Hasan or Sahih Hasan is lower than Sahih right Sahih and Hasan the hadith of which is Sahih and the hadith which is Hasan both of them have one thing in common and that is they are both accepted They are in the accepted hadiths we accept hadith which is Sahih and we accept hadith which is Hassan. Are we all together? So it's maqbul. Hadith which is da'if, like in his what? Mardud. It's rejected. 
If a hadith is da'if, it is what? It is rejected. It's not taken. And a hadith which is da'if is the hadith. In it, there is not... The hadith which is da'if is the hadith which is not in it. Sifatul hasani. The characteristics of the hasan is not in there. Why are we not saying the characteristics of Sahih is not in there? Question here. Why are we not saying the characteristics of Sahih is not in there? Because Hassan is low. So if he doesn't have Hassan characteristics, then for sure he's not going to have the characteristics of Sahih. A hadith which is da'if is a hadith which does not have in it what? It does not have in it the characteristics of Hassan. Does everyone understand that? Is that crystal clear? So if someone, if someone was to ask you, what is the hadith which is da'if? You say the hadith which does not meet the criteria of a hasan. It does not meet the criteria set for the hasan. It is the hadith that doesn't gather sifat al-hasani. The criteria of a hasan because it's lacking a condition from its conditions. We all understand that right now. This is the best, one of the best definitions for da'if. Why? Because da'if comes in different forms. Comes in different forms. But this is the most comprehensive way of saying it. And we're going to come across the types which are weak. Another hadith which is very common amongst the people's tongues, which is da'if, is the hadith al-Imam al-Tirmidhi narrated. And Ibn Majah and Darimi and Ahmad ibn Khuzayma and other than them on the authority of Abi Sa'id al Khudri, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that the Prophet said, Ida rajula, if you see a man, al Masajid, he's always going to the masjid. This man is a man of the masjid. Khamsa salawat, five daily praises in the masjid. And he doesn't miss jama'ah. Fashhadu lahu bil iman, testify iman for him. Say this person is a mu'min. If he's going five times a day, to the masjid is always heading to the masjid testify that he's a mu'min say mu'min call him a mu'min this hadith da'if the hadith is weak because in its chain is a man by the name of Darraj ibn, ibn Sam'an Abu Samh Darraj ibn Sam, Sam'an Abu Samah. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi said about him, Darraj ibn Sam'an, Abu Samah, he said, Darraj kathir al-manakir. Darraj is a man whose ahadith, which are, their hadith, his hadiths are munkar. Hadith munkar means what? Hadith munkar means, we're going to come to it inshallah, is when a weak person opposes a what? A weak person opposes strong people. The hadith is called Munkar. Hey, last week we took, it's called Shad, right? Shad is not a weak person opposing strong people. It's a strong person opposing strong people. Or it's a strong person opposing a stronger person. And Tumai, are you with me? A Shad hadith is 
the hadith of a strong individual opposing what? A stronger person. Or a strong person is opposing stronger people. Like in the hadith, that is munkar is a what? It's a weak person opposing what? Strong people. Or stronger people. And Imam Muhammad also said the same about him. He said, A hadithu manakir. Hafid ibn Hajar said, Sudduqun fi riwayati ala bil haytham in da'fun. Ibn Hajar said, By the way, Ibn Hajar in his kitab at taqrib as a side benefit, one of the ways you can benefit from this book, at taqrib. And it's important, by the way, brothers, before you read a book, you understand the methodology of the author. Ibn Hajar has a kitab called at taqrib. At taqrib. He gets the narrators of the hadith. He reads what he gathers what was said about this person. Ibn Hajar will do what is known as tatabbu'. He will follow up all of the people, what they said about this person. He'll bring all of the people that criticized him and he put their, their statement. All of the people that praised him, he put their statement somewhere. And if there's a middle path, he can bring it in, Ibn Hajar will. Are we all together? Or if the people who criticized him, criticized him because of a particular narrator. There are some people, brothers, they are strong when they narrate from this person, but they are weak when they narrate from this person. In hadith. An example is Darraj ibn Sam'an, Abu Samh. His narrations from Abu Haytham are the hadith which have the problem. And these are, this is from it. Are we all together? Some of you guys might wonder, how can somebody be strong with someone and we can be weak with another person? Isn't that a question that you might ask yourself? Yeah? Some of you might ask yourself this question. How is it possible that a particular individual is strong when he narrates from this person, but is weak when he narrates from this person? I'll give you an example of one particular narrator. His name is called Hushayim ibn Bashir. His name is what? Hushayim ibn Bashir. Hushayim ibn Bashir in his narrations from Al-Imam Abu Zur'at al-Razi. Sorry, his narrations from Al-Zuhri, Muhammad ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, are weak. How are they weak? He went to Zuhri, Hushayim ibn Bashir. He went to Zuhri. He wrote all his narrations from him. He left, and it was a windy day. All of his papers, they went in the air. And when they went in the air, they got mixed. And he was from the people who narrated from his papers. Okay? And so then when he started to narrate the hadiths of Zuhri from memory, he tried to. He was getting it wrong. And so the scholars said, these, narration, these narrations of his from a Zuhri are not authentic. From now onwards, we will not accept any of his narrations regarding a Zuhri. Because they've seen a consistent shortcomings in his narrations of a Zuhri. Are we all together? But then other narrators, very good. So this hadith, If you see a man keep going to the masjid, every day he's going to the masjid, back and forth. Witness and testify for him, Iman. This hadith is da'if. Okay, this hadith is what? Al-da'if. Um, and it goes against all the narrations that mention what? 
that no one can testify Iman for anyone. Sahih? Not yourself or anybody else. You can't. ولذلك أهل السنة إن العقيدة they believe that when you say أنا مؤمن you put استثناء in there. You say أنا مؤمن إن شاء الله. I am a مؤمن إن شاء الله. In books of عقيدة that's what they mention, right? Not that you're doubting أصل الإيمان the essence of your iman. You're not doubting that. You're doubting whether you're, you're, you're sorry you're you're mentioning an exception for the kamalul wajib, and that we'll speak about it inshallah ta'ala in aqidah. Anyways, the point we take from what we take from this here is a hadith which is da'if is the hadith that does not meet the criteria of what? Hassan. It lacks the condition of Hassan. The author then says after that, We're now going to go into the hadith in terms of who it's attributed to. Are we all together? We're now going to go into the hadith in terms of who it's attributed to. If a hadith is attributed to the Prophet, what is it called? It's called marfu'. A marfu' is that which is attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that which is attributed to the Prophet sallallahu is how many things? Three things. Speech, action, and approvals. A speech that is attributed to the Prophet ﷺ, for example, is that to say, قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ To say that the Prophet said, that is مَرْفُوعُ قَوْلِي That is حَدِيثٌ مَرْفُوعُ قَوْلِي The second one is attributing an action to the Prophet ﷺ. For example, the Sahabi would say, رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I saw the Prophet يَفْعَلُ كَذَا وَكَذَا I saw the Prophet do this, 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 this. This is al-marfu'u al-fi'li. It's a hadith which is al-marfu'u al-fi'li. The third one is al-marfu'u al-taqriri. Al-marfu'u al-taqririyu, which is approval. It's attributed to Prophet Sallallahu it's approval. It's like saying, fu'ila bi hadrati Rasulillahi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, kada wa kada. This and this was done in the presence of the Prophet And the Prophet did not reject it. This is an awad. It's an approval. This is called takhrir. Because the Prophet and nothing can be done in his presence and that is wrong and then he's silent about it. Sah? The Prophet nothing is done in his presence. And he's silent about it and it's wrong. It's a wrong thing and the messenger is silent about it. It doesn't happen. Because the job of the Prophet ﷺ is what? It is to tell the people what is right from what is wrong. Sah? If Allah said in the Quran, When Allah says, What's the ayah Allah said? 
Allah says, I can't remember the beginning of the ayah. Muhammad, have the Senate. Allah is saying, I took a covenant from the people of knowledge. وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ الَّذِينَ جزاك الله خير. وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِيثَاقَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ لَتُبَيِّنُنَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَكْتُمُونَهُ When Allah took a covenant from the people of knowledge, what? What was the covenant Allah took with them? لَتُبَيِّنُنَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ That you convey the truth to the people وَلَا تَكْتُمُونَهُ And you're not going to conceal it. And many other places. Let it be from amongst you a people who call to the good and prohibit the evil. So calling to the good and prohibiting the evil is something that the Prophet will do. So if something was done in his presence and it was wrong and it was not allowed, he, Nabi Muhammad, would never let it go through without correcting it. And so if something is done in his presence, it's a what? Here now the scholars discuss What about if it wasn't done in his presence But it was done in his time It was a practice that was done at the Prophet's time But it wasn't done in his presence Is it still considered the approvals of the Prophet I mean it wasn't there with the Prophet Somewhere else some scholars, they take the opinion, yeah, it's still an approval. Because if the Prophet didn't know, who knew? Allah Azza wa Jalla knew. And Allah knows it. Are we all together? If it's a practice amongst the people, it's a practice amongst the people, and the people are practicing it. Allah Ta'ala will bring a ruling regarding it. That's what some of them usuliyin they say. Now, huh? What about the? Yeah, some of the scholars they say there's a there's a fourth one which is al marfu'ul wasfi, which is the Prophet's description and how he looked. They say this is it. For example, when they say can the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was ahsanul nasi khuluqa. He had the best etiquette and the best manners. They said this is marfu' because this is being attributed to the Prophet. Ah. Okay. Then the author said in the second shot, Ramali tabi'in huwa al maktu'u. A tabi'i is what? What's the definition of a tabi'i? It is the one who met the companion and believed in the Prophet, وسلم, but he didn't see the Prophet. And he died upon Islam. Ah, shall I repeat? A tabi'i is the one who met the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he met the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was a believer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He met a companion, sorry. A tabi'i met, met the companion and he was a believer of the Prophet. He believed in Allah and the Prophet. But he didn't see the Prophet and he died upon Islam. Is it the same as a person who was born after the Prophet and then saw a companion? Huh? Pay attention. He is a he's a he never saw the Prophet ever. But he was born after Nabi Muhammad died. After the Prophet died, he was born. 
and he met the companions and he took knowledge from the companions is that one and the one who was alive at the time of the prophet but never saw the prophet he was a big man and he never saw the prophet him and the prophet never saw each other and he dies only seeing the companions without seeing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is this both a tabi'i yeah because najashi did he see the prophet najashi did he see the prophet no najashi didn't see the prophet can we call but he was at the time of the prophet right huh the prophet prayed janaz on him The Prophet prayed Janazah of Ghaib, the absent one, right? Is Najashi a Tabi'i? Is Najashi a Tabi'i? Yeah? Based on our definition, is a Tabi'i, right? Because what was our definition? He saw the Prophet, uh, sorry, he saw a companion. Or he met a companion, sorry. He met a, he met the companion of the Prophet one or two, it doesn't matter. And he was a believer. And he never saw the Prophet And he died upon Islam. This is a tabi'i, right? Based on this definition, Najashi is a tabi'i. Like in the scholars, they distinguish between Najashi's, Najashi's likes. Those who are like Najashi, Najashi, who lived at two times. They lived at the time of the Prophet. And they also lived after that. Or even they lived before the Prophet is Islam and they lived at the time of the Prophet but never met the Prophet. They call them Mukhdarim. A Mukhdarim is a person who is a tabi'i in, in, in ruling wise, but he's what? He lived at the time of the Prophet and never saw him. Another man who never saw the Prophet like that is who? Awais al Qarani. Awais al-Qarni lived at the time of the Prophet and he never saw the Prophet Are we all together? So there's a few of them that were like that. Few, of, few people were like that who lived at the time of the Prophet but never got to him to see him So by the way, some of you might think is it important to know who's a tabi'i and the definition of a tabi'i and a sahabi? We're living at the time where a group of people insult the companions, true or false? And then they say that some of the companions are munafiqin. So first of all, we have to agree on what is a companion and what isn't. Because based on their definition, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salal is a, is a, is a what? Is a sahabi. Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salal is a what? Abdullah ibn Ubay was the leader of the what? The munafiqin. Sah? Huh? According to that group, Abdullah ibn Ubay is a Sahabi. Because they want to say, you guys have a companions who are munafiqeen, the Quran came down regarding them. Sah? So we have to explain what is the definition of a companion. And then we discuss the definition we give you as a, as a companion. Sah? So what was the definition we gave for a tabi'i? Is the one who met the companions, saw the, the companions, and didn't see the Prophet ﷺ and he died upon Islam. We say the same with the Sahabi. 
Sahabi is the one who met the Prophet Mu'minan bih in a state of iman Automatically is the munafiq in this discussion now Because the munafiq is not A believer aslan Sahih So is man laqiyya nabi sallallahu alayhi Is the one who met the Prophet Mu'minan bihi in a state of iman islami And he died upon Islam He what? He died upon Islam in our definition of Sahabi is the one who met the Prophet in a state of Iman and he died upon Iman. It doesn't matter if he apostated in between. Are we all together? If he met the Prophet with Iman and he died upon Iman, anything that happened in between that, if he anything that happened in between that, no problem. He's still a Sahabi. Are we all are we all on the same page? So when he met the Prophet, he's a mu'min. And when he dies, he dies upon a mu'min, iman. Those are the two that are important for us in our definition. In between, if he left Islam, as long as he dies upon Islam, that's what matters. Are we all together? And it did happen. Some did apostate. Like Al-Ash'at ibn Qais and others. Especially the day of Yom Ridda. When Abu Bakr was fighting with the people who refused to pay the zakat, a lot of the Arabs left Islam, صح? who met the Prophet. Are we all together? But if they died upon Iman, that's what matters. صح? As long as they die upon Iman. Huh? Yeah, same, same, no problem. But we didn't say he saw the Prophet. And he used the word saw the Prophet. Sah? I kept saying the word met the Prophet because they were blind companions. They were what? Some companions were blind. They didn't see the Prophet. So use the word met. Yeah? Don't use the word saw. Okay. We've just taken a marfu', uh, right? Marfu', if, if I ask you, what does marfu' mean? What do you say? It is four things that are attributed to the Prophet Speech, action, an approval, and a description. Sah? Al-marfu' al-qawli, al-marfu' al-fa'li, al-marfu' al-taqriri, and al-marfu' al-wasfi. We also moved on to what the author said after that. What about what is attributed to a tabi'i? What is attributed to a tabi'i is called maqtu'. What is attributed to the Prophet is called marfu'. But if, if I say to you, um, I have a hadith which is maqtu' in this issue, what do you understand from it straight away? If I say to you, brother, I have regarding this particular issue a hadith which is marf, uh, marfu'. What do you understand from that first? It's something attributed to the Prophet. If I say to you, I have in this issue a hadith which is maqtu'. Maqtu'. 
Maktu' is what? It's what's attributed to a tabi'i. It is what's attributed to a what? A tabi'i. So we said al-marfu' is what? Marfu' is how many? Four. Al-marfu' al-qawli. Al-fi'li. Al-taqriri. And al-wasfi. All of this is what's attributed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sah? And then we have Al-Maqtu'ah. Al-Maqtu'ah is what? It's what's attributed to a Tabi'i. Tabi'i. Okay, a Tabi'i. And what is attributed to a Tabi'i is what? It's two only, speech and an action. It's, you say, al-maqtu'u al-qawli and al-maqtu'u al-fi'li, that's it. So what do you say? Al-maqtu'u al-qawli and al-maqtu'u al-fi'li. Al-maqtu'u al-qawli is speech that is attributed to a tabi'i and action that is attributed to a tabi'i. An example of it is um, we say Hassan al-Basri's speech regarding prayer behind an innovator. Hassan al-Basri fi salati khalf al-mubtadi'a. A person is an innovator praying behind him. Hassan al-Basri said, Salli wa alayhi bid'atah. Pray behind the innovator and his innovations upon him. Okay, he's got, he's just a mubtadi'ah. Pray behind him, no problem. And the innovation is upon him, it's upon him. There's nothing to do with us. We pray behind him, okay? As long as that innovation does not reach haddul kufri, it doesn't reach a level of disbelief. Sah? As long as his innovation doesn't what? It doesn't reach Haddul Kufri. Hassan al-Basri said, Salli, pray behind him. Wa alayhi bid'atahu. Wa alayhi bid'atuh. His innovation is upon him. So I brought you a statement of who Hassan al-Basri in this issue. Sah? What about a action? Of a maqtu'ah. Ibrahim ibn Muhammad ibn al-Muntashir. He's a tabi'i. He said, Kana Masruq ibn Ajdam. Masruq is a tabi'i. Masruq, he used to. Kana yurakhi sitra. Masruq, he used to place a curtain. Between him and his family. He, 
He'll place a curtain, he'll throw a curtain in between him and his family. And he will turn towards his prayer. And he will leave them with their worldly affairs. So this is an action. The scholars before they used to memorize not only the hadiths, but even the athar sahaba, the statements of the actions of the companions and the tabi'in. Just to memorize these things. The maqtu'at, they will memorize it. Now he's going to mention it. He, what he did was he jumped to sahab, the Prophet and then the tabi'i. And he, I'm going in the order that he's going in, the author. He brings the sahabi later. He brings what? He brings the sahabi later. Mm-hmm. Then the author says, وَالْمُسْنَدُ الْمُتَّصِلُ الْإِسْنَادِ مِنْ رَاوِيهِ حَتَّى الْمُصْطَفَى وَلَمْ يَبِنْ وَالْمُسْنَدُ now we're going to go into the next categorization, which is called Al-Musnad. A hadith which is called Al-Musnad. What does Musnad mean? The Musnad is the hadith which is Musnad is the hadith which is attributed to the Prophet and it's connected. That's it. The hadith which is Al-Musnad is Al-Marfu' Al-Muttasilu Sanadan Al-Marfu' Al-Muttasilu Sanadan It is the hadith which is It is Marfu' And it's al-muttasilu sanadan, and the chain is connected. But when Imam Ahmad called his book al-musnad, this is not the usage he was using. It's the second usage there is. Okay? Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal and other great scholars of hadith, when they named their books al-musnad, you guys have heard that before, right? Rawahu Ahmadun fi musnadi Ahmad narrated in his musnad, rahimahullah. They have another usage for it. Their usage is, Musnad here means all of the Sahabas, each one in its place. The first one is Abu Bakr. That's how he did it. Al-Imam Ahmed. All of the narrations of Ahmed in one place. And then all of the narrations of Umar in one place. After Abu Bakr, Umar comes. And then Uthman. And then Ali. Wahakada. Al-Imam Ahmed did it like that. Rahimahullah ta'ala. Like in this t- what usage is different from the usage of Al-Imam Ahmed. This usage here is Musnad means Al-Marfu'u. It's a hadith which is attributed to the Prophet and it's connected. And it's connected. That's it. If it has any other defects, no problem. Still Musnad. Okay? Then the author, rahimahullah, he says, وَمَا بِسَمْعِ كُلِّ رَاوِي يَتَّصِلْ إِسْنَادُهُ لِلْمُصْطَفَى فَالْمُتَّصِلْ
Now we go into Al-Mutasil. What does the word Al-Mutasil mean? What does Al-Mutasil mean? I wrote in the board, right? Al-Marfu'u Al-Mutasil. Mutasil, we already took it. It means connected. It is the hadith which is connected. It's connected. Each narrator is connected to the other person. What does al-marfu' al-mutasil mean? It's connected. That's all it is. Who will yatasil isnadu? It's the hadith which is chain is connected. So what have we taken today? We've taken al-hasan. We've taken al-marfu' We've taken al-maqtu' We've taken al-mutasil now. The author is now going to go into another one which is مسلسل قل ما على وصف نتا مثل أما والله أنباني الفتى كذاك قد حدثنيه قائما أو بعد أن حدثني تبسما مسلسل We're now going to go to another category called المسلسل 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 What does a musalsal mean? The hadith which is musalsal is والحديث الذي تتابع الرجل أما تتابع رجال سنده من أوله إلى آخره على وصف قولي From the beginning of the hadith to the ending of the hadith every single person they imitate one another in a speech. An example for this is when the Prophet said to Mu'adh, Ya Mu'adh, Wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Mu'adh, Wallahi I love you. The Prophet said, Ya Mu'adh, Wallahi inni la uhibbuk. Mu'adh, I love you. Ulsika Ya Mu'adh, Mu'adh, I advise you. Allah tada'anna fi duburi kulli salah after the ending of every prayer to say, Allahumma a'inni ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husn ibadatik. So, my sheikh told me, when he told me this hadith, same. He said, Wallahi, wallahi inni la uhibbuka ya Abdurrahman. Fala tada'anna. And he went. And he said to me, Abdurrahman, my sheikh, al-sheikh Abu al-Fadl al-Fayd al-Fadani said to me, inni uhibbuk, I love you. And then his sheikh said to him, Umar ibn Hamdan and Muhammad, and hakadha, everyone says that. In the chain to the Prophet. Are we all together? Does everyone understand that? From the beginning to the end, everyone follows each other in this action. The Prophet said to Mu'ad, I love you, right? Then Mu'ad says to the person who he's narrating to, Wallahi, I love you. And the person who narrates from him goes, Until today, have you not heard of the famous hadith where the people say, when the Prophet laughed and he said to people, why don't you ask me why I'm laughing? And then the companions, they said, because Allah Taala laughed. And then the narrator says, when he laughed, Sahabi, he said, why, you guys, why don't you guys ask me why I'm laughing? Because they said, why, why are you laughing? Because the Prophet, when he narrated this, he laughed. And then the Tabi'i said, when he laughed, are you guys not going to ask me why I'm, not la- why I'm laughing? And they said, why are you laughing? And he said, because the Sahabi who told me this, he laughed. Everyone says that in the chain. 
This is called musalsal. What's it called? A hadith which is uh, musalsal. By the way, musalsal has nothing to do with the hadith is accepted or rejected. And to be honest, the overwhelming majority of the hadith which are musalsal are weak. صح? They are what? They're actually weak. The majority of hadith which are musalsal are very weak. And scholars have written many books regarding the hadith which are musalsal. You can find there over there. And one of the most famous hadiths which are musalsal, the famous hadith that were musalsal is to mention Ar-Rahimuna Yarhamuhumur Rahman, Yarhamu Man fil Ardi, Yarhamukum Man fi Sama at the beginning of every gathering. The scholars of hadith, the first hadith that they will tell everybody is this hadith. They used to call it the iftitahul majalis, the opener of the gatherings. Well, you see, Sheikh Saleh ibn Abdullah Muhammad al Usaymi, when he starts his daughter, he starts with this. Huh? And that is what they all do. They start with that. It's again musalsal. It's disconnected. Many of it is disconnected. Now we're going to go into the next categorization. Do you all understand what a musalsal is? Huh? You don't understand what a musalsal is? Hey, who else didn't understand what a musalsal is? In simple terms, musalsal is the Prophet says something in the hadith. He does a gesture which is not part of the wording of the hadith. Either the Prophet will laugh or the Prophet will swear by Allah and someone will, the Sahabi who it was said to says it and this carries on through the chain. Because when the Prophet said, Wallahi inni la uhibbuka ya Mu'ad, Mu'ad, I love you. This is just a side point. The part of the hadith that concerns us is فَلَا تَدْعَنَّ فِي دُبُرِ كُلِّ صَلَاةٍ أَن تَقُولَ اللَّهُمَّ عِنِّي عَلَى ذِكْرِكَ وَشُكْرِكَ وَحُسْنِ عِبَادَتِكَ That's what concerns us. وَاللَّهِ إِنِّي لَأُحِبُّكَ يَا مُعَاذ is between the Prophet and Mu'adh. And it does show us how great Mu'adh is because the Prophet loves him. صح? But then the Sahabi will say that to the person who he narrates to because he wants to follow the Prophet. And then the person after that will keep doing that through the chain of the narration. Until today, it will be done by everybody. This is musalsal. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. When I say musalsal is weak, I don't mean the hadith is weak. I mean the musalsal is weak. Because the majority of the times the musalsal reaches you through... Who is this person again? Uh, someone might stop, forget, someone might not say it. Or someone might be missing from the chain who said it now the author rahimahullah he goes into um, Aziz al-Mashur he says Aziz umarwi thnaini aw thalatha mashur umarwi fawqama thalatha he says mashur and Aziz Aziz is what? Aziz is the hadith where two people are in the chain two 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 people who heard it from the Prophet, two people who heard it from the one who heard it from the, the two that heard it from the Are we all together? A very, a very, a very famous hadith 
that is Aziz is hadith la yu'minu ahadukum hatta akuna ahabba ilayhim min waladihi wa walidihi wa nasi ajma'in this hadith two sahabas narrated from the prophet Anas ibn Malik and Abu Hurairah and from Anas ibn Malik two people narrated it Qatadat ibn Da'amat al-Sadusi and Abd Aziz ibn Suhaib two and Abu Hurairah, two people narrated it from him as well. But we don't, some scholars, they question whether that's authentically transmitted from Abu Hurairah. We don't need it now. We've got two Sahabas and we need two Tabi'een. And we have two, two, two Tabi'een. We have Qatada and Suhaib, who both narrated from Abu Hurairah. And then from Qatada, two people narrated from him. Shu'bat ibn Hajjaj, Abu Bistam al-Ataki, and Sa'id. Three, two, 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 two. Two people heard it from the Prophet, two people heard it from the Sahabi, two people heard it from the Tabi'i. And it's like that. Two, 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 two. Huh? That's what Aziz is. A mashur. So we took Aziz now. Aziz is two people are narrating Al Aziz. It's two people in the chain. Two, 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 two. Al-Mashur is what? It's three up to ten, تقريبا, inshallah. It's a guess. It's not. It's two or more, which is three. No, it's three, sorry, and or more, three or more. As long as he doesn't reach multitude narration. So it's three plus. The strongest is two, like taking that view. So all of the chain of narration, there's three or more. As long as he doesn't reach multitude narration. So ten, inshallah. Three to ten. A famous hadith like that is. The hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, which is in Bukhari and Muslim. In Allah, la yantazi'u al-ilma intiza'a yantazi'u min suduri al-rijal, walakin yantazi'u al-ilma biqabdi al-ulama, hatta idha lam yubqi aliman ittakhada al-nasu ru'usan juhala, fasu'ilu faftaw bighayri ilmi al-fadallu wa'adhallu. It's the famous hadith where the Prophet has said, Allah does not remove knowledge by removing uh, the people of knowledge. Uh, sorry, by taking knowledge up. Allah doesn't take knowledge by lifting the knowledge. But Allah takes the knowledge by taking its people until there's no scholar left. The ignorant ones are taken as scholars. They are asked questions. They have no knowledge. So they are asked questions. And they give verdicts with no knowledge. They are asked and they have no knowledge. And they give fatwa. They misguide themselves and they misguide others. That hadith is what? That hadith is mashur. It's a hadith which is, it's mashhoor. Three people are in the chain, all of it. If you want to see it more, go to the first volume, page 195, Fathul Bari. Half of Mahajir mentions it. He brings all the chains to show it's three. We've took as. If it becomes more than that, then it's not Aziz anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 never. We don't look at our time. We look at it to the author of the book, Bukhari Ahmed in his Muslim. How it's narrated in the book. Like we, for example, we say, or even some scholars, they say, it doesn't have to be the narrator of the book. It's as long as it's three generations. Sahabi, Tabi, and Tabi or Tabi'i. We look at those three. This is the view strengthened by Ibn Hajar and others. Which is that we only look at the three generation. Because look at the hadith in the Mal'amal bin Yat. What do the scholars call it? They call it Ahad, right? Or a hadith which is gharib, right? Sah? They call it hadith which is gharib, right? Because one, 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 people are going to come to it now. But then when you come to the, the, Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, the hadith becomes what? From there onwards it became what? 200 people narrated it. So Bukhari when he says, حدثنا الحميدي Abdullah ibn Zubair, with Humaydi, 199 other people narrated it with him. So it doesn't mean the narrator of the book necessarily. It means Sahabi, Tabi'i, Tabi'i, Tabi'i. But some scholars they say it means to the author of that book. If he narrated it like that. Okay, now we're going to move on to another point that the author, rahimahullah, mentioned, which is Mu'an'anun. Mu'an'an. Mu'an'anun ka'an sa'idin an karam wa mubhamun ma fihi rawillam yusam. Mu'an'an. Mu'an'an and al-mu'annan are both the same. Okay. So we have... Al-Mu'an We have Al-Mu'an'an And we have Al-Mu'annan That's the correct way of saying it Mu'an'an And Al-Mu'annan It both goes back to Siyagul Riwaya Ama Siyagul Tahammul Ama Siyagul Ada What does it mean? It's the way that the narrator transmits this narration, how he passes it on. There are forms in which a narration is transmitted. And remember at the beginning when I was talking about hadith ittisal al-sarid, the chain of narration is connected. I mentioned that the hadith sometimes can be transmitted as hadathana, akhbarana, anba'ana, Or an. So, these are ways that it's transmitted, right? So we've hadathana, akhbarana, anba'ana. All which can be transmitted as na. Hadathana, in the books of hadith, they mention thana, and akhbarana, and anba'ana, they transmit it as na, na. So, and then we have the word an. Or even sometimes an. Sah. These are the two that we're looking at right now. We don't care about the other three. We're focusing on an and an. An and an. 
The narrator, when he narrates the hadith, he says, An. Instead of saying, Haddathana, Akhbarana, or Anba'ana. He says what? He says, An or An. What does he say? An or An. The hadith which is narrated through An is called An. An. And the hadith which is narrated with the an is called mu'annan. So get a hadith book and look at the chain when they're transmitting it. You see an in there, right? If you've looked at a chain of narration and a hadith. I gave many examples. The last example, I mean, I didn't give many examples, but I gave an ex- a example last week, right? When I was talking about the sahih. Who, who's got that example written for them? The hadith I said that since Sahih Bukhari, hadith Abdullah ibn Yusuf. Who's got it? Bring it out. So, Imam al-Bukhari said, Haddathana Abdullahi Ibn Yusuf. Hey? Qala. So, I said Qala, yeah? Hey, akhbarana, hey? Sorry. Hey? Malik ibn Anas. Hey? An ibn Shihab al-Zuhri. Hey? عن محمد بن جبير بن مطعم عن أبيه صح؟ and then he says the story right قرأ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سورة الطور في صلاة المغرب and then the hadith حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف عبد الله بن يوسف is the sheikh of Imam al-Bukhari so the Bukhari is right here Okay, Bukhari is saying, Haddathana, Abdullah ibn Yusuf told me. Qala akhbarana. Abdullah ibn Yusuf said, so let's focus on the, the wordings they're using to transmit. Haddathana. Bukhari is saying, Haddathana. And then Abdullah ibn Yusuf is saying, Akhbarana. Malik ibn Anas, and Imam Malik is saying, An. The teacher of Malik, who is Muhammad ibn Shab al-Zuhri, is saying, An. Muhammad ibn Jubair, who is the son of a companion, is saying an. You see the difference now? And they all mean different, by the way. They're not just random. Today we're taking the mu'an, an, and the mu'an, nan. Both of them, by the way, they take the same ruling. So some scholars don't even mention the mu'an, nan. They only mention the mu'an, an. When they mention the mu'an, an, the mu'an, nan falls under it. Which is Anna. Okay, Anna. Please pay attention here. This is the trickiest part. It's a bit tricky. We're not going to go into too much details. 
but it's good to understand, it's good to know what it, why the author mentioned this. The word an does not show that this individual took it from this individual. There could be a disconnection. Everybody with me so far? The word an does not indicate, it does not show that this person took it from this person. It doesn't. The word an, if I translate it loosely in the English language, it means from. So it's me saying from Abu Saleh, for example, from. From can mean through another person or it can mean from me directly. Does that make sense? Whereas the word hadathana and akhbarana both indicate directing. Mean Abu Saleh, I took it from him. That's what hadathana shows and that's what akhbarana shows. Like in the word an, it means from. Was it through someone else? Did I hear it directly? Okay? It does not show you took it from him directly. And because it doesn't show that you took it from him directly, the scholars of hadith, they can't accept it. Because they want to know that it's... What was the first condition of sahih? Connection. That the hadith has to be connected. Does everyone understand that, that point so far? Now, pay attention here. I'll repeat myself again. The word an, it does not show that I took from Abu Saleh. An means from Abu Saleh. Whereas the word haddathana akhbarana means Abu Saleh told me. Abu Saleh informed me. Abu Saleh notified me. It's a real, mean him a direct. Whereas the word an means from. Did I get it from him directly? Or was there an intermediary between me and him? Allah alam. Now, the people who narrate with an are categorized into two. The people who use the word an are two types. In terms of acceptance and rejection. In terms of whether we're going to accept it from them or whether they're going to reject it from them. Okay? A group of narrators, a group of narrators who use the an to drop people out. They use it as a shield. Because if I say from Abu Saleh, I'm not lying. It is from Abu Saleh. It is from Abu Saleh. But it's not directly from him. And I really want to get rid of those people. I don't want to mention them. I can't say hadathana akhbarana because I'll be a liar if I do. Because he didn't really tell me. So some of the narrators, what they would do is, they would use the word an by get rid of particular narrators. Because they want to make the chain shorter. Okay, are you, are you listening to me? Those people are called mudallisin. Those people, their name, the name that was given to them. Is a modellis. Is a modellis. What is he called? A modellis. Those people's hadith are not accepted unless they mention hadathana or akhbarana or amba'ana. No one's going to accept it. 
We want to hadith na, barana, umbana. Does that make sense? Is, am I making sense? There are another group of people who use the word an, but they don't, they don't drop out anyone. They interchangeably use an and hadathana as the same. Does that make sense? If they heard it, they use it for people they heard from. Okay? They don't drop people out of the chain. Those people's an is accepted. Are we all together? Yeah, Imam al-Bukhari is like that. And Imam al-Bukhari's an is accepted. And Imam Malik's an is accepted. Excuse me, Imam Malik, he said, An ibn Shihab. We accept it. Because Malik ibn Anasin is not the person to throw someone else out, to throw someone out of the chain. He uses the word hadathana akbarana ambana and an interchangeably. He cross uses it. The way he uses an hadathana, he uses the word akbarana ambana. Or the way he uses an, he uses hadathana akbarana. Does that make sense? The person who does, who's seen, scholars of hadith have seen him. Because sometimes when he uses the word and they ask him, Shaykh, did you hear it from the person directly? He's not a liar, so he'll say, no, I didn't. Mudalis. He's not a liar, but every time they're going to want him from the word hadathana akbarana. Are we all together? They asked the Shaykh, they said to him, did you, uh, did you hear from this person? And he used the word an, and he goes, yes, I did. Okay, he's good, he's not a mudalis. And they've seen it many of, like for example, Shu'bah Abu Hajjaj, Abu Bis, uh, ibn Hajjaj, Abu Bistam al-Ataki, he was hard on, the, on dropping someone out. He didn't like it. He said, he said, azniya, for me to commit zina from my neighbor is more beloved to me than to do tadlis. So is he ever going to be on the list of the mudallisin? Huh, Shu'bah? La, if you use the word an and hadith akbar, it's the same. Are we all together? Of course, he wouldn't commit that, nor would he do this one. But he's showing the severity and how high it is. The reason why he, would, he mentioned the zina of the neighbor is that the zina of the neighbor is the worst form of zina. So, zina is all bad, but the zina of the neighbor is even more worse, right? As the hadiths and the evidences show. Does everyone understand that? So this is what the author is talking about. Are we all together? So it's very, that we understand. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. They want to drop someone out. That don't want to. Because the word was used before without dropping anyone out, initially. And then a group of narrators thought, okay, you know what, I'm not lying if I use the word an. And then it became, okay, you know, they're now using it to drop someone out. So then they had to be grabbed. If you look at there's a kitab called Tabaqatul uh, Mudallisin by Imam Ibn Hajar. He talks about the asbab and things related to that over there. Tabaqatul Mudallisin. Ibn Hajar. By the way, these people, when they were dropping it out, it wasn't always because of a malicious decision they were making. It was sometimes because 
they didn't want to always narrate the hadith straight away. Because every time you can't narrate hadith from chain of narration, imagine them, at their time they had to. This was the year of Tedween. Every hadith you mention, you can't just say, Qala Rasulullah. Have to mention the chain. And so sometimes it was easier for them to just say, An Abi Huraira Just like how we like to do it. The only difference is our one, it can be verified, it's in sources. There was the era of writing. Does it make sense? Now we're going to conclude with the next verge, next something else that the author Allah mentioned is We're now going to move on to a mubham. What does a mubham mean? Mubham means Okay. There's two types of mubham. Mubham, first of all, means ambiguity. There is ambiguity of a narrator's name, either in the metan, the wording of the hadith, or in the chain. Okay, the f- the f- an example of Mubham is what? A Mubham, an example of it is there, right there. What did I just do? I said, Hadathana Abdullah ibn Yusuf in Qala Akbarana Marikun Ani ibn Shahabin is Zuhriyu an Muhammad ibn Jubair ibn Mutimin an Abi, his father. His father is, we didn't mention his name, right? We didn't mention his name. So his father's name is who? Jubair ibn Mut'im. That's the Senate. Okay. Some of the scholars, they say the father is not Mubham because the father is already known. So it's not in, but Ibham is generally used for the uncles. It's used for the uncle. For example, is Hadith Rafi' ibn Khadijin. An ammihi fin nahi anil mukhabara. This Hadith, it says, Rafi' ibn Khadij an ammihi from his uncle. His uncle is not mentioned here. It's Mubham. Okay? It's what? But by looking at other narrations, we know the narration, the father, the uncle is. By looking at other narrations, we know that the uncle is Zahir ibn Rafi'in. We know it from other narrations. That the uncle here is Zahir ibn Rafi'in. Another type of mubham is mubhamul matni. So there's two types of mubham. The mubham is two types. So the first one is Al-Isnad And the second one is Al-Matin The Isnad is in the chain 
like what we just said Rafi ibn Khadijin an ammihi Rafi ibn Khadijin from his uncle his uncle we know who he is by looking at other chains is who Zahir ibn Rafi'in good that's when it, when the ambiguity is in the chain like in ambiguity in the matan is the wording and a rajulan qala ya rasulallahi al-hajju fi kulli amin a man came to the prophet he said ya rasulallahi or oh, a man but by looking at other narrations, we know who this man is. His name is Aqra ibn Habisim, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. But in one of the narrations, it says, a man came to the Prophet. And he said, Ya Rasulallah, al-hajju kull amin. Hajj every year? We don't know who this man is, right? In this chain. But of course, with other chains, when we bring it together, we know who it is, is al-Aqra ibn Habisim. And... There's a kitab written on just these ambigu- ambiguous, ambiguous narrators. There's an actual book. You buy it, you read it, you will know every narrations that are out there, generally speaking, that have in it a man came to the Prophet, a woman came to the Prophet, who they are. There's a, there's a scholar, what he did was he followed up all of the chain to find the incident and who it was. He called his kitab Al Asma Al Mubhama. Fil Amba'il Muhkama, Khatib al Baghdadi. Al Imam al Khatib al Baghdadi has written a book on it. It's called Al Asma'il Muhkama, Fil Amba'il Muhkama. Ibn Bashkawal, Rahimahullah, he also has a kitab where he called it Ghawamidul Asma'il Muhkama. Ibn Bashkawal. And of course, if you have Sahih al Bukhari, the Sharah Hafid al Hajar, Fatul al Bari, Every opportunity he gets, he'll mention those for you anyways. The explanations of books of hadith, they point that things out for you. One of the examples for it is, and many people don't know it, and they don't ask themselves who this companion was, um, the man who entered the masjid, and he came to the Prophet uh, after, after having prayed, and then came to the Prophet, said, Assalamu alaykum ya Rasulullah, Assalamu alaykum. And the Prophet said, alaykum assalam, irja' fasalli fa innaka lam tusalli. Go back and pray, you haven't prayed. And the man did it. Hey, who's the narrator? Who's this man? Who? Who is the, what's the name of? Who's this man? Yeah? Al-Musi'u Salata is called the one who didn't perfect his prayer and corrupted his prayer. That's what it's called. But who's the man? Even books, mashallah, scholars, they mention Hadith al-Musi'u Salata. The one who didn't perfect his prayer. But what's the name of the narrator? Sahabi. Which Sahabi is this? Huh? Should I tell you guys now? Or homework? No, homework, homework, homework. Homework. Find out who this narrator is. You see? And a lot of the times you find a hadith like that, many people don't go and find out who this person is. This is called Mubham. By the way, didn't we just say that all of the narrators of the hadith have to be known? And here it is, we're in front of a hadith, we don't even know. We don't know, it's ambiguity, and we're accepting it. it's in Bukhari and Muslim. How is that possible? If the person who's not known is a companion, it's a companion that is not known, then the qa'idah is, Ibhamu sahabi la yadur. 
the ambiguity of a companion does not harm. This is a principle. Ibhamu sahabi not knowing a companion doesn't harm. Why? Because kulluhum udul, all of them are reliable. We don't need to check. The reason why we want to know all of the people other than the companions is because they can be reliable and they may not be reliable. Sah? But once we know that this is a sahabi, a man came to the Prophet, we don't need to know, know who this man is. The reason why we don't need to know is because we believe radiallahu anhum Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah Azza wa Jalla. Are we all together? The ambiguity of a companion does not harm. This is consensus that we have in our religion. Okay? But anyone other than the companions, we want to know who the narrator is. Okay? Well, we said two types of Ibham, right? We said Ibhamul Matin. And what about Ibhamul Sanat? Rafa ibn Khadij and Ammihi, his uncle. You see? So this is what we say is, because we know Rafa ibn Khadij is a companion. And Ammihi, his uncle, is a companion as well. We know that by default. Even though he's narrating it from his uncle. And he didn't mention who his uncle are, because there are many of them. But we know all of them are companions. So whichever it falls onto, doesn't matter to us. It's a companion at the end of the day. We'll accept it. Yeah, both of them, yeah. The matan is no problem anyways because it's not him talking. It's somebody else talking about him. We have no issue with that. Even though we still want to know who it is. Remember, in science of hadith, the asr is to know everything for verification. But then here, some people may say, okay, okay, I don't get it, which I thought you were going to ask. But so a lot of people generally ask this question, which is, when a tabi'i says, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa why don't we just not accept it then? When a tabi'i says, Qala Rasulullah, why don't we accept it? Because what we know is, we have a tabi'i, and we have the Nabi. Who's between a tabi'i and the Nabi? Sahabi. Sah? So what? Well, why don't we just take it? Because we know when he says "Qala Rasulullahi," that's the possibility we're scared of. There's a chance that this tabi'i didn't take it from a companion. He could have taken it from what? Another tabi'i. But if we were sure, in one situation, the scholars now came up to it. They said that Sa'id ibn al-Musayyab. When he says, Qala Rasulullah, Sayyid will say 99.9%. For instance, I don't know. I'm just, this is a guess, okay? I'm just trying to say. I don't know. But they say that Sayyid will say he's the highest level of narrators from the Sahabas, Tabi'i. And if he says, Qala Rasulullah, some scholars they said, we can accept it. Sayyid Musayyab. Specifically him. The majority of people he narrates from are who? This number has to have a, a weight, they said. Do you see my point? So I remember Shafi'i accepted it. He said, Marasila accepted it. And other scholars, they rejected it. Yeah? Am I making sense? 
we're going to come to that inshallah ta'ala um, we'll stop there inshallah ta'ala inilah al-kareem subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk